his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Friday Eve. That's exactly what it is. It is Friday Eve. We've got a lot of great stuff we'll be uh, chatting about this afternoon. Our friend Dr. Keith Apple is going to be here in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Always looking forward to him. I, I mentioned to you that uh, Joe and I went to the uh, Altria Theater the other night, the Broadway in Richmond series, and uh, we were enjoying Annie. Uh, one of the uh, the actors, uh, Mark Woodard, uh, is going to be with us at uh, 4.30-ish, 4.33, 4.34, yeah, you know how this thing works. But uh, he's a great, great performer, and I'm really, really excited to uh, spend some time with him. And first up uh, this afternoon, about a half hour from now, Lee Habib. You, you've heard Lee Habib in American Stories uh, for many, many years. And he, he's got, I think, a vital perspective that has to be shared relative to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You, you know, we, we come through the Martin Luther King Jr. Day, holiday. And we're told it's all about service, Jeff. Everybody needs to go out and do service, and, and you're going to volunteer over here and volunteer over there. And please make no mistake, I, I, I don't have any qualms whatsoever with people volunteering. I donate a lot of time, a lot of energy. But how come there's no real mention of Dr. King's faith. You ever notice that? It's completely and totally left out of the picture. And using the term Reverend King now is, uh, well, it's, it's rather infrequent. Dr. King, to be sure, which is fine. I mean, it's an earned title, but so is Reverend. And the title of Reverend, certainly in this case, was all about his personal faith and I am one of those folks it's not a conspiracy thing but I do believe there has been an active movement to kind of take that out of the equation and reframe this strictly in service terms uh, it just uh, well anyway we'll, we'll chat with Lee Lee's uh, far smarter than I am and uh, we'll certainly be able to uh, to analyze that and give us some great great insight couple of quick reminders for you as we uh, jump off here uh, the chronic care of Richmond text line always available to you uh, 833-804-1140 833-804-1140 you, you've heard throughout the day Merrick Garland the Attorney General uh, down in uh, Uvalde Texas and the Department of Justice now has come out and said what 
well, everybody knew. Uvalde, the response to the Uvalde school shooter was abysmal. It was an absolute abomination. No kidding. I don't know exactly what sort of research needed to be done or analysis needed to be done, but every single solitary one of us who watched that play out in real time knew as we were watching this, this was a disaster. Absolute utter disaster. I was reminded of that deputy sheriff down in Broward County. Remember this guy in Parkland? There's the shooting taking place. And what does he do? Well, I'll I'll cut right to the chase. He runs and he hides. And I was appalled. I was absolutely, just completely and totally appalled. It takes a certain amount of of courage to work in law enforcement. That is just the way that it is. Sometimes that gets pushed to the side. Sometimes people say, well, you know, we're, 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 again, service. We're volunteering. We're protecting. All of that is fantastic. But when the rubber hits the road, if you are part of law enforcement, I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your agency is. You are part of law enforcement. And you are called to, in this case, a school with an active shooter. I, I know this is a terrible phrase to use now, but you better man up. You cannot be hiding in the corner. Your job is to get in there and neutralize that shooter. Boom, period, end of story. Now, this comes in the wake of Columbine many, 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 many years ago. I go back in ancient history, and I've shared with you, you know, a thousand years ago, galaxy far, far away, I was a cop for a couple of minutes. Now, when I was on the job, and this is a long time ago, the policy revolving around something like an active shooter situation was you kind of waited. You kind of waited. You, you called in special response teams, SWAT, stakeout, ERT, whatever the terminology was in your agency, but you kind of you were, you were to stake out a position, be there, and, and wait for the guys who knew what they were doing to come there. So if this situation would have happened, say, in the 80s, then that's what would have happened. And it would not have been out of line. It would have been consistent with SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. But it didn't. And after Columbine, the mindset and the collective Standard Operating Procedure changed. You're not supposed to stand on the sidelines. You're not supposed to wait. You're you're not supposed to await the arrival of that special team. You get off your rear end and you get in there and you stop the person who is shooting people. Period. End of story. That's it. The guy in Broward was appalling. It's appalling. And this situation down in Uvalde. There were people apparently in charge who never should have been in charge. There were agency jurisdictional disputes. And if you remember, the windup was for a number of the kids who were rescued. These were actually children of active duty Border Patrol agents. And the Border Patrol agents just kind of showed up and said, you know, get out of the way. This was an absolute abomination. So it doesn't happen all that often, 
But I am sitting here and telling you that uh, what Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, had to say earlier today about Uvalde is completely and totally spot on. Now, I don't know what happens as a result of this. Were there criminal acts that were committed because people didn't respond in the way they were supposed to respond? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've read the reports. Just like you, I was able to poke in on some of the... The press conference, hear some of it, look at some of the coverage online, but I have not, have not uh, been able to go and get the report as of yet. I, I will get it, I promise you. Gene out in Newport News on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line says, Hey, Jeff, wait a minute, I just don't understand. First, people are saying they don't want any police anywhere, and now they're blaming the police in Uvalde, Texas, for not doing anything. Well, that... I mean, I, I don't know how to break it to you. That is exactly what's happening. You you have from the leftists what I can only describe politely as the, well, uh, reimagining of public safety. That's what they told us, remember? We're going to reimagine public safety. Well, how are you going to reimagine it? Uh, we're going to reimagine it right out of existence because there's not going to be any public safety because we will have reimagined uh, turning every police officer essentially into a uniformed gelding. We're just not going to allow them to do the job. And then criminals can run wild, but not to worry because we have uh, protection at our own home, right? I mean, if you're a leftist and you're on board with this whole reimagining public safety and uh, creating a society that frankly verges on anarchy most of the time, don't you worry that at some point these bad people are going to figure out where you are? And they're going to fi- figure out that, you know, you got some nice stuff? I mean, you got all of these fine, upstanding left-wingers in uh, Windsor Farms. Well, we're, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're against the right things and in favor of the right things, and now we're going to go back to uh, the wine and the cheese and counting our money and all the rest of it. Okay. Do you remember that whole BLM thing, the Antifa thing? People were burning things, marching. Those folks were just fine with uh, those BLM and Antifa folks marching through various and sundry communities, neighborhoods. But, man, when they talked about marching through their neighborhood, all of a sudden, boy, oh, boy, there were problems. There were big problems right there. It's bizarre, to say the least. Hey, Leah Peeb is going to be with us uh, about 20 minutes from now. Really, really looking forward to chatting with him. He is uh, the creator of American Stories. I, I love that show. I really, really do. I just I, I love the idea that there are, once again, there are good people doing good things and on a very, very successful platform that Lee has built, uh, American Stories. Uh, he's telling those stories sharing those stories, and he's going to be with us at uh, 3.33. It is 3.14, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. You know, I hear that I'm uh, invariably reminded of uh, one of my favorite television shows, Barney Miller, just Great, great stuff. Did you know Barney Miller's grandfather was Glenn Miller? That's true. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. Hey, it is a... Oh, I almost said the T word. No, it's not Thursday. It's Friday Eve. A couple of little pieces of housekeeping I let you, uh, I need to let you be aware of. 
I have been talking about uh, police officer Bruce Foster from the Virginia State University Police Department. He was our December 2023 recipient of the Lieutenant Jan McTurn and Blue Friday Honor. We had intended to air that tomorrow. We will not be doing that. And it's not because he's no longer the honoree. Please let that be very, very clear. Uh, we we have been re- asked, uh, the request came in from the, uh, the prosecutor, the Commonwealth's attorney down in Chesterfield that said, look, we want to make sure that we are prosecuting this properly. We don't want to provide any opportunities for anybody who might be involved with the uh, the defendant to sort of wiggle away. So we said, absolutely. There, there's no problem whatsoever. So my promise to you is that as soon as the case is concluded and we get the, the official okey-doke from uh, the chief at VSU police and uh, Aaron Barr, the CA down in Chesterfield, we absolutely will air that. Let me tell you something. Bruce Foster's story is, is just amazing. It's incredible. It's inspirational. He is such a good guy, and he's got a long way to go. I was told by uh, Chief Bragg, that's the chief at VSU, that uh, when Bruce is ready to come back to work, remember, Bruce Bruce is now paralyzed from the waist down, but the chief assured me that when Bruce is ready to come back to work, the chief's going to have a, have a slot for him. So I, I would still ask you to keep uh, Bruce and his family. He's got uh, you know, an amazing wife and, and four kids and... Uh, be good people, but, but but keep them close. Would you keep them in your thoughts and prayers? Now, Blue Friday will take place one week from tomorrow, the Lieutenant Jan McTurn and Blue Friday Honor. We actually recorded that today, just a little bit earlier today. And um, uh, an amazing recipient, really, really great guy. And, Jerm, what would you think? He was like, what, seven feet, four inches? I mean, he, honest to goodness, this guy was like Andre the Giant, and uh, like a gentle giant, but a big, big guy. And I'm really looking for, yeah, maybe nine feet tall. It's possible. He was a, he was a, he, he was a very tall gentleman and a great guy. So his story is going to air. You know, I don't give the names, generally speaking, ahead of time, but one week from tomorrow, we will present our Lieutenant Jam McTurnham Blue Friday Honor. I wonder if there's a detective... And that might be uh, eligible. You know, whoever it was that found the cocaine residue inside of Hunter Biden's gun pouch. Uh, yeah. Now, is anybody shocked by that? I, I, I personally am not. I, I will tell you that honestly. I'm not shocked to hear that uh, even though Hunter Biden was apparently lying on those federal forms. No, I don't have a drug problem. Don't have this problem. Don't have that problem. Uh, at the same time, where he was keeping one of his guns anyway has cocaine in it come on man well okay but i mean this this is an issue you know another issue these friends of hamas yesterday we had that what's his name farid zakaria from cnn i'm telling you right now stone cold israel hater bad guy who just needs to shut his freaking mouth but i digress uh the friends of hamas are deployed in a variety of uh different areas do you know where they protested the other day no any guesses Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Hospital in New York. They directed taunts and yells, anti-Semitic comments towards children with cancer. Regardless of which side you may or may not find yourself on, and I will remind you, you either stand with Israel or you're standing with evil, but I was going to say your mileage may vary, but you know what? Your mileage won't vary. 
either you stand with Israel or you are standing with evil. That being said, is there anybody anywhere, including inside these Hamas support cells in New York, do you folks really honestly believe you're going to win people to your side of things? By harassing and verbally assaulting children with cancer? I I don't want to provide any help to any of the people who are standing with Hamas, but I'm just going to tell you, you don't get anybody to even look at what you claim to be advocating for when you're attacking children with cancer. Just a little piece of advice from your friendly old Uncle Jeff. Uh, Department of Justice has been busy. As I mentioned to you, they're doing a lot of stuff with this Uvalde report, which is spot on. I mean, it's just spot on. It was an absolute embarrassment uh, what happened down there. But I will tell you, in addition to all of that, they have now confirmed that the Hunter Biden laptop was the real deal. Oh, And remember our friends with the Hamas cells. Where were they just the other day? Why, they were peacefully protesting outside the White House, trying to tear down the gate and enter the White House illegally. Mm, mm -mm. 326, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is, as I like to say, Friday Eve. We've got a lot of stuff that we're going to be uh, dealing with as we head through the afternoon. My old buddy, Dr. Keith Ablo, is going to be here in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Mark Woodard, who is in town, part of the uh, cast of Annie. And it is a great, great cast. Uh, Joe and I went to see it uh, the other night. Uh, as I mentioned to you, Joe very first play was uh... his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician but with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account your goal of supporting his dreams thanks for everything mom and dad will always be worth it apply today at penfed.org savings federally insured by ncua five dollar minimum to open account to receive any advertised product you must become a member of penfed penfed's got great rates for everyone how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In a production of Annie in middle school, and so here he is, college freshman. He's home for a couple of weeks, and I said, man, we got the opportunity to go see this. And so he had a little insight that, 
uh, I didn't have because he knows the characters a little bit better, knows the way the the run goes. But it, it was great. It was just a wonderful, wonderful experience at the Altria Theater, and Mark will be with us. And I happen to be a a real devoted fan of uh, Lee Habib and Our American Stories, the ability to dive into uh, the backgrounds, the stories, the the character, the the inspirational nature of many people that you and I wouldn't necessarily know about. And it's done in a very, very different way. I'm happy that, uh, of course, we air our American stories. You can listen. There's a podcast version. And, and Lee is with us because he's he's got a little something on Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And what was really missing during the uh, MLK Day observances. Lee, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good to have you. And uh, remind everybody, uh, UVA grad, correct? Yep, we went to the law school there. Uh, and my small small section classmate was Laura Ingram. And okay. uh, not long thereafter, we started a national radio show together. Yeah, well, we're not going to hold any of that against you, not to worry about that. No, I we don't. We had, we had fun together, and uh, she doesn't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has worked out well for everybody. And... Our American Stories is just one of those things I look forward to. I, I just enjoy every part of it. Your your take, though, on MLK Day and what is and is not shared about uh, uh, Reverend King, I, I find fascinating. Can you can you explain to everybody what your concern is? Well, you know, it, 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 for my money, it's not less a concern. It's the, it's the rest of the story, right? Who is this guy? Why did he do what he did? By the way, we ask that about everybody we cover in Our American Stories. Who is this guy? Where was he born? Why him? Why not somebody else? Forget the what. We're interested in the why. There's always a why to everybody's what. And so Martin Luther King does all these heroic things. He's one of only three people in the history of the United States to have a national holiday named after him. And that's George Washington and Christopher Columbus. So this is hard company to get into. And it's Ronald Reagan, remember, right. who made this a national holiday. So why King? Why did he do what he did? And it turns out that he had a doctorate. So you, you heard a lot about Dr. King over the last you know, few days, Dr. King, Dr. King. But he never took out anyone's appendix, right? right. He, he never uh, had a stethoscope. He wasn't that kind of doctor. He had a Ph.D. in theology from Boston University. He had a Bachelor of Divinity from Crozer Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. He was the son of a, of a reverend. His father was a pastor. And get this, his, his name when he was born was Michael King Jr., because his father was Michael King Sr., but his father took a trip to Germany in 1934 to visit not only the birthplace of Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation, but he also was there to do a swearing and signing declaration that what was happening under the name of Hitler was wrong and that anti-Semitism was wrong. And while there, discovered, really discovered his roots his roots as a Christian man, not as a black man. He comes back home, and he renames himself Martin Luther King Sr., and renames his son, Michael, Martin Luther King Jr. And that happened when he was five. You want to talk about something big that can explain your life, right? Not in any storytelling, nowhere to be had. And then, of course, it was all the sermons. He was a pastor. His first job when he got out of theology school what a crazy idea. The Bible student becomes a Bible teacher. He becomes a preacher. And for people who don't know what that is, a preacher is a guy who talks about the Bible with a congregation. He does this for the first six years of his adult living. 
He's in a church. And by the way, he grew up in a church. And while doing this, he gives some of, I think, some of the great sermons of all time. And we share a few of them uh, with the audience. So King's quest for justice and the kind of justice he was seeking in the early 1960s, which was God's justice, wasn't man's justice. It was God's. And that's why he was able to say, I want to, in the end, judge a man by the content of his character and not the color of his skin. At the same time, Malcolm X in 1963, while King's doing the March on Washington, Malcolm X is working for Elijah Muhammad, and he's telling young black folks that the white folks are the devil. And forget about singing. Forget that singing we shall overcome. That's Uncle Tom's stuff. We need to be swinging. We need to be tearing down this country and burning it up. And maybe we should even go back to Africa. So these were the two offerings, the Christian offering, the beautiful Christian offering and vision of Martin Luther King Jr., and the dark vision of of Malcolm X. And luckily, Malcolm X left the uh, influence of Elijah Muhammad and really came to a very different place. Anyone who's seen the movie uh, about Malcolm X or read uh, Alex Haley's book, it's a a remarkable journey where, where Malcolm X was to where he ended up, and they killed him for it. Uh, Radical Muslims killed uh, Malcolm X. So, and in the end, a a radical white segregationist killed Martin Luther King. Um, And so these stories, particularly the faith story, Reverend King, you don't hear, we let everyone know this man was a reverend. He co-pastored his father's church till the day he was assassinated. Lee, let me ask you your sense of why there is all the focus on Dr. King and now a day of service. And I I certainly don't have any problem with people stepping up and donating their time and volunteering. I think it's wonderful. But this laser beam focus on the day of service and Dr. King and not the Reverend King, do you think that that is by design? Well, you know, I have a line in the in in the, in the essay for the Blaze where I said leaving the, the, the leaving Christ out of King's life would be like leaving hamburgers out of Ray Crocs or basketball out of Michael Jordan's. Yes, but now, to, but to the why, I wasn't a Christian until later in my life, mm-hmm. and and I and, and so I understand why it might be hard for some who don't believe what we believe to think that the supernatural. And this book written thousands of years ago could have any contemporary relevance. Of course, I didn't read the Bible. Once I started reading it, there's almost no story I can't step into and not see myself or somebody I know. So like Shakespeare, like any great book, a great text, like Plato. And, and, and so what happened is for people who don't believe in the supernatural, who think, oh, my goodness, Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, You lost me. It rose from the dead. Right. Maybe Jesus walked around. So I think and I want to give the benefit of the doubt to some. They might just not be able to wrap their minds around it or understand that that book, the Bible, could influence a man in such profound ways. And if they don't understand it, how can they write about it? But the fact that nobody does it means uh, maybe I can't cast dispersions on any individual heart. I don't have that power. Only God does. But if nobody's saying Reverend King, then there's some kind of deep-seated either antipathy, ignorance, bias, something benign or worse going on that creates the complete and utter redaction of the faith life of not only Martin Luther King, but the abolition movement, right? right. Because we have to remember, the abolition movement, which led the charge against slavery, was led by Christians, Mm. and mostly white Christians, Mm. not only here, but Wilberforce in England, yeah. And around the world, and the, right. the, the countries that 
abolish slavery last were Middle Eastern countries and African countries as late as the 1940s. And heck, there's plenty of people being bought and sold all over Africa and, and the Middle East and Asia. Slavery is still alive and well, unfortunately. Absolutely. Boy, I, I tell you what, Lee, this is this is part of what makes our American story so fascinating. As you said, it's about the why. It's, it's about these these other issues. Um, I I am with you. I, I certainly uh, won't cast dispersions. But boy, uh, the idea that we, we hear a thousand times Dr. King and zero times Reverend King, uh, I have to think that there is uh, a, a why to that. And it's not a good one. Uh, certainly, Alveda King has been with us. And then we've chatted about that throughout the years are there any other stories that you're working on as we speak that we can just kind of get a little taste what are you looking at right now sure you know right around this time in 1961 eisenhower gives his final speech he's a man of the military uh he's a man who is the commander of the allied troops he was a five-star general and he warned about the military industrial complex and that the the dog the tail could be wagged by the dog the tail of the mill of the industrial complex could then create wars. But what he was also worried about, and he talked about late, right under that, was the fear of the scientific and technological industrial complex, where he said the curiosity of a scientist could be changed by the pursuit of a grant. And I would add this to the liberal arts. And so what he was worried about was the government's uh, cue to get people not to censor, not to, to censorship, but to self-censorship. Uh, if a scientist doesn't think he can get the funding working on it, what he's working on, maybe he'll put in a climate science grant instead. That's right. In other words, he was worried that the government's spending power would turn human curiosity into the pursuit of a grant. And those were his very words. Wow. And we're witnessing that today. And I think this explains a lot of the one-sidedness in the liberal arts and colleges, uh, in the administrative state. Um, that there it was, the government funding the research they wanted. Absolutely. Boy, that is fascinating. And I, I'm looking at uh, OurAmericanStories.com as we speak, and I have not listened to uh, the story about the man who witnessed the assassination of Lincoln, the uh, Washington uh, superintendent of police. But that's that's all my list, Lee. And I, I have to ask you because I again, I just I love our American stories. I love what you do. I love the examination of this. Could we prevail upon you to come back uh, in, in in the future and talk about some more? Any time. I, I you know I love coming on with my affiliates. Uh, I, some I come on once a week. I just give a little hit on a Friday of what's coming up next week. Little rundown, one story, and, and and go. So count me in if that's what you'd like, or however you'd like it. Um, we are we're a nonprofit. What we do, and we have remarkable donors who want me to spread the be an evangelist yeah. for America and the American people because that's what this is. This is a show that says America is not a perfect country, but my goodness, it's a good country. It sure is, and it's filled with some really, really good people like you, Lee. I, I appreciate you being here. We'll, we'll, we'll chat again in the not-too-distant future, all right? Look forward to it. Thank you, my friend. That is Lee Habib. OurAmericanStories.com is the website. OurAmericanStories.com. Of course, Our American Stories uh, is on uh, News Radio WRVA on Saturdays. If you haven't listened to it, there are some fascinating stories. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, Our American Stories did a story about a guy who wrote a letter to his disabled daughter that she would never read. And uh, Katz, Jeff Katz, I think was the guy's name. It may be somewhere in the archives. I thought that was a pretty good one myself. It is 345, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBN.
351, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Friday Eve, my friends, we uh, apparently have got some nasty weather rolling in yet again. We'll uh, keep you up to speed on all of that. There are some really dopey people in Congress. I, t- t- I know. I, I'm right. Sure. Tell you something you don't know. Well, uh, Max Frost, which is not a weather description, by the way. When I first saw this, I thought, huh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's chilly and uh, wet. And I, but, but no, Max Frost is apparently the name of a Democrat congressman. And, uh, well, he, he would appear to be a dope. And if you need further evidence of that, can we listen to cut number one, please? To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted HR2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. So I want to know which Republican who supports and voted for HR2 will introduce this bill. Uh, nobody. And you know why? Uh, because it's idiotic as apparently is its uh, initial sponsor. God, what a what a, a nitwits, nitwits. Gang, there is nothing in that HR2, just so you understand, there is nothing in that HR2 that is in any way uh, bigoted or anti-immigrant. It's about controlling the border of the United States of America. You tell me exactly how that is a bad thing. Do you want a nation or do you not want a nation? If you would like a nation, then you must have clearly defined, secured, and protected borders. And if you don't think that is a good idea, then I would ask you to take the front door challenge. I would challenge you, if you do not believe in border security, remove your front door. Just take it off its hinges. That's all. And and don't put anything else up there. And whoever chooses to walk into your house can just walk into your house. And don't you dare say you don't belong there. And anyone who chooses to walk into your house can sit on your couch and eat your food and sleep in your bed because you have no door. You don't do it in the front door. That's okay. Take the back door challenge. Take take your, your, your back door off. Leave your garage open all the time with the door into the kitchen or the walkway or whatever you got. Leave it all open. It's the same thing. Is that racist? Because you want to protect the people in your home? And frankly, you'd like to protect the stuff you've worked hard to purchase? Because that's all that the border is. It is not in any way bigoted or hateful or any of these other buzzwords that the left uses. It's common sense. Common sense you'll find in the morning as well with my friend John Reed each and every morning starting at 6 a.m. I would urge you, be there, be part of John's show. You're, you're going to love it. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Quick reminder of what's really important. Yeah, no, I, I just had it. it. It's so bizarre. I'm just going to share a couple of things with you, if that's all right. Uh, earlier today, I had a conversation with uh, my boss. And he was telling me about some stuff he was doing. He's doing this, doing that. And I thought, oh, okay. 
And my own personal opinion is, well, I don't agree with that. I remember we had this conversation not too long ago, and I said, well, you know, I, I've come to the point in my life where you make a decision that I don't agree with. That I I get it. You you're in a position to make that position, make that decision. I don't have to agree with everything, and you don't have to agree with me. And I mean, it, it, it just plays out in every part of your life, whether it's professional or personal. Right? You, I don't want to say you even pick your battles. You just sort of acknowledge. Person over here has responsibility for that. Person over there has responsibility for this. And you may very well believe, hey, I, I just think you're going about something the wrong way. But I, I got to move on with life, and you got to move on. And there you have it. And that is not nearly as important, and it shouldn't be as important, as what I just did. What I just did was to walk out to the, uh, to the bus and get Julia. And I'm telling you right now, uh, there's, there's a guy, a young guy, who rides the school bus with Julia. And I don't know his name, and that may sound terrible, except that I know him as Julia's friend. And he doesn't know my name, and he doesn't know Heidi's name. He knows us as Julia's mom, Julia's dad. And so every morning when we get Julia out to the bus, I mean, we know Dave, who is the driver, and Alfred, who is the, uh, uh, you know, the, the helper on the bus, bus aid monitor i don't know what the title is i mean he's just a nice guy alfred and dave's a great guy and this young man every morning has a giant smile and says hello to julia and says hello julia's dad or hello julia's mom and always says to us have a great day julia's dad have an awesome day julia's mom and getting Julia off the bus, it's the same thing, but in reverse. And I thought, well, that's that's the important part of the day. That's the most important part right there. That's what you have to take. I put this, by the way. Uh, we, we were, Heidi and I were filling out this parental... Uh, Interest form, I think is what it was called, but it's it's about Julia's upcoming IEP. Now, if you have a special needs kiddo, you know what an IEP is. Individualized Education Program. And they're, they're really long, and they're talking about goals and uh, tactics and strategies, what I'm going to do to do this and do that. And Heidi and I came to one of the questions. I think there were eight questions on this thing. And one of the questions was, what's your, sort of like your, your vision for the rest of your, your, your child's life? And, uh, well, we kind of looked at each other. You know, the, there was a question about your, your child's challenges. And man, we, we had a lot of those whole list of those and they asked about your child's successes and we kind of looked at each other you know what what are julia's successes now i think she's an amazing young lady and i think that she is really 
inspirational in many ways and has impacted a lot of people, but what are her individual successes? All right, so we, we had a couple of things we thought would fit. But then there was that question. You know, what's, what's your vision, big picture, for your child when they, uh, they finish with the school part of this? Because at age 22, Julia will age out. And you hit 22, and that's it. You're no longer with the, the school system, wherever you happen to be, for your services. And let me tell you something. It's, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. And I don't, I don't even know what it was that we, we came up with. I mean, we came up with something. But it, it, was, it, it was a stopper, you know? Just kind of sort of looking at that paper. What, what are our visions? What are our hopes for Julia's long-term, big-picture life after she gets out of school? And that's a, for me anyway, it is just a reminder about what is really important and what is not nearly important as people pretend that it is. I, I don't believe that anybody will ever think, oh, I should have spent more time in the office. I, I should have done more um, with this business or this or I, I should have made furniture or whatever it is this ultimately comes back to family now we can expand out from there I think you can talk about your family and expand a little bit to to your community maybe stretch it out even further than that but ultimately I think that's what this is all about. So anyway, I just I, I thought I'd share that with you. I know it's not political, and uh, everybody's all up in arms over this political thing and that political thing. And uh, we'll certainly look. It's an election year for the president. I'm, I'm not telling you we're not going to be dealing with that. Believe me, we'll be dealing with it. But uh, there there are things that are grounding that you need to be aware of, and and there are folks who are posing threats to those sorts of concerns. I was just reading a piece, uh, Sean Kenny sent it out, talking about the realistic threat of a governor, Abigail Spamberger. Let that just sink in for a second. Abigail Spamberger, who is a phony's phony, make no mistake about it. She is about as phony as they possibly can get. She will say anything. She will do anything. She is not a moderate. Everybody, well, you know, she's, she says that she is a, a radical moderate. Well, she's a leftist. She's a big-time leftist. And she will do such terrible damage to this beloved commonwealth of ours if she, in fact, winds up as the governor. So, I mean, you you, you got to be aware of this. You've just got to be aware of, of those things. But once again, you can take a look at bigger issues. Try and analyze them a little bit. That's all.
All right, enough. I've now I feel like I'm giving a speech. I feel like I could. I well, no, it's not like I could be Nikki Haley. Although she does these things, isn't it over on that front? By the way, it, it is. Yeah, it's absolutely over. Can we just move on with that? I think we should. All right, now listen, we got a lot of stuff we're going to get to. I promise you, I got a, a a few more snippets of sound that you absolutely, positively need to hear. You may not be happy about hearing them. I I never say that you're going to be happy hearing them, but uh, you need to hear them, and that's what's going to make them important. It is four thirteen. Jeff Katz, News Radio WR. Four twenty-two, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Quick reminder about that uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line eight three three eight zero four eleven forty eight three three eight zero four eleven forty eight zero four says, "Hey Jeff, I've been referring to Thursday as Little Friday for a long time." Great show. Love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, we uh, came up with a Friday Eve. I, 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 I like looking at Fridays, even though tomorrow's going to be a little messy. Another good reason uh, to make sure you are right here listening to my friends uh, John Reed and Gary Hess. Uh, whatever the weather is tomorrow, believe me, they'll get you through it, get you where you need to go, what have you. Uh, 804 says, Jeff, have you noticed every time the mainstream media mentions conservatives or Republicans, it's it's always hard right, hard line, or some pejorative adjective? Absolutely. I mean, they're 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 leftists. That's that's who they are. It's what they are. Uh, these are the uh, left wingers that have been deployed to a lot of the legacy uh, news media newsrooms around America. And I mean, what can I tell you? Uh, except that you know what it is, and then you move on. That's what I keep preaching for my friends who are just laser beam focused on politics, and I'm not. I mean, I, believe me, I deal with it, but it, it, it is not my be-all and end-all. But the moment that you can understand that those leftists do not like you, it's not just a matter of running against you or, or saying they disagree with you on policies or issues. They, they legitimately, to their core, do not like you. They hate you. And the quicker that you can come to terms with that, the happier you're going to be. Honest to goodness, you, you would just be amazed at how freeing it is. When you say, okay, I, I get it. They really hate me. It's like the reverse Sally Field. They hate me. They really hate me. And then you move on with your life. Hey, Jeff, what's wrong with the people in Richmond? Now, <laughs> do we stop there or do I continue? He says, this flunky clown, Jason Cameras, with that you-know-what-eating grin, lies about the uh, school shooting. Counselors allowed a compromised student to attend the graduation without informing security. Cameras should be fired. That's Mike in Bottoms Bridge. Oh, he absolutely should be fired. But again, it's the Richmond Public Schools. So the very last thing that people who operate the Richmond Public Schools care about uh, are the actual students. So make no mistake, Jason Cameras, who's like a living, breathing embodiment of the education system Peter principle, uh, will continue right where he is. Everything's fine. Now, if you had a mayor that gave a crap, maybe something would happen. But we don't. 804, Jeff, continued uh, prayers for Bionicle Heidi. I hope you all are doing well. Great text on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line. Thank you. Yeah, Heidi's doing great. It, it's it's just how we get through, I, I guess it's another 40 days, 45 days, something like that, that she just can't do any lifting. That's, that's the restriction. 
the the shoulder itself that she got, you know, it's brand new and didn't have any miles on it at all. And uh, she she is happy. She's not in any pain as a result of the surgery. But uh, there are these restrictions. And for me, what I thought was the funniest, it was really the surgeon saying, look, don't mess up the work that I did. All right. I did a lot of important work there in your shoulder. Just let it heal properly. If you're not with me on social media, you really need to be. That's where I do so much these days. Jeff Katz Show on X. Jeff Katz Show on X. Check out The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook. The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook. Please uh, give it a follow, give it a like, uh, whatever you can do, stay in touch. Mark Woodard, who's one of the stars of Annie, playing right now at the Altria Theater, is joining us in just a few minutes. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Four thirty-four. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Friday Eve. I I just think it sounds so much better than Thursday. If you have not been to the Altria Theater recently, boy, you you need to get there. You know the Broadway and Richmond series uh, for my money is just one of the best. I I try and get there every single time that there is a a show at the Altria and uh, Annie is in town. It's it's a classic as far as I'm concerned. And it was so nice to be in the audience and and, and enjoy the story and remember the songs and and just look at some of the great, great performers who were part of this cast. Uh, Mark Woodard is one of them. Mark, I, I appreciate you being here, sir. Hey, Jeff. Thank you so much. I'm, thank you for having me. I like that uh, Friday Eve. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you feel free to share that with, uh, with all of the gang, all of the, ca- the cast there. Uh, it looks to me, sitting in the audience, boy, everybody on that stage not only knew their lines and hit their marks, but you guys seem to be having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We as a company, uh, we are a really great group of folks. We all get along well, which is a gigantic plus you know, because we all travel together and we all are sort of a family uh, for each other here on the road and we celebrate birthdays together and the little, the girls that play the orphans, they, they have spirit week, like, you know, you do in school and they, you know, have a lot of, they keep us all sort of plugged in and energized to that younger energy. They're, they're hosting um, a cocoa, a hot cocoa party uh, tomorrow in the afternoon. So we, we do all kinds of fun things to keep ourselves, you know, um, the morale up and to yep. keep us all sort of happy as a group. Well, I tell you, it comes through on stage, even with, um, well, I mean, even Rooster and St. Regis, who are Miss Hannigan, not necessarily the happiest of people, <laughs> but you can tell no. uh, everybody is, is just having a good time up there. Now, one of the things uh, that's happening as I, as I watched, Annie, uh, I was reminded of W.C. Fields, who said, never work with kids, never work with animals. Boy, you, are, <laughs> you guys are just breaking all of these rules. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. And, um, you know, that just goes to show that maybe not necessarily uh, old adages stand the test of time. Um, these kids are so talented. You know, they're all um, ages 10 to, we just had one that turned 12, so now she's the oldest. But that's, you know, that's a really young, yeah. excuse me, a group of a group of kids. And um, we just love these new, we just got new two new dogs that we've been um, training with since the Christmas break. Uh, and so it's so fun to to be a part of the, those, the dogs training and getting them rehearsed and, and put into the show. 
I, my son and I were there, and, and part of the reason we went, my, my youngest guy, theater kid, the very first play he was in in middle school was Annie, so oh, it, it wow. was so much fun uh, to be in the audience, and I, I, I think he just couldn't help himself. He was kind of running some of the lines while... But you have got a, I think, a pivotal role in this play, and it, and it's not just the acting, but it's it's being able to maneuver your FDR, and and you're a little limited in terms of uh, you know body language Mobility. and the rest of it because you're in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, that definitely took some, definitely took some rehearsal time uh, to get used to. Uh, I've been with the show now uh, since it started last year, so I'm in maybe now about a year and a half. Um, and we're over, there's four of us that are principals that came from last year. So I've had a little bit of time to get used to the technicalities of getting to hit my marks and get it to go where I need to. But um, it definitely it definitely took some uh, some time to practice with, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it it is smooth, and uh, I mean, it, it really just again comes across to, as a, I think, a tribute to to your acting ability to to be in that and still get everything out there. And there are some real zingers. I had forgotten some of the uh, the lines, especially you know, with uh, with President Roosevelt and uh, Mister Warbucks. I mean, you, you, there, there's there's some there's some shots being thrown. It tiptoes. It tiptoes into some political humor at, at points. Yeah, there's some. There's a few little uh, barbs, good-natured yes. barbs that are tossed back and forth for sure. <laughs> did, did 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 Al Smith ever call Oliver back to explain what Democrats eat? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of my favorite lines in the show. Um, I'm actually going on tonight. You know, so I play FDR. That's my regular role, yeah. but tonight I'm I understudy Daddy Warbucks, and I'm going on actually tonight for Christopher Swan, who plays our Daddy Warbucks. He's not feeling well, so I do love that that phone call exchange with Warbucks and the the president, and I do love the laugh that that line gets about what war, what do Democrats eat? <laughs> yeah, it, it, oh my gosh, it's great stuff. Mark Woodard is joining us. He's one of the stars of Annie. It's at the Altria Theater there for uh, for a couple more days. You're 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 playing daddy warbucks tonight and i'm just tonight. yeah how how do how can you do that i understand you've memorized the lines and you know what to do but boy just to say hey mark listen um not feeling well can you handle this and you you got to step up to the plate that can't be easy it's it's definitely um um i would say like an exercise that you have it's musters muscles that have to get worked out for sure you know to retain all that information that you're not always using, you know, as an understudy. And that's a testament to um, the understudies and the swings that we have in our show. You know, a swing, I don't know if you're familiar with the terminology, is those are people that stay off stage. There's a female and a male swing that know all of the ensemble parts. So anytime anyone's out, one of them will step in. I just understudy the one role, Warbucks, that I'm doing tonight, plus my role. But the the gentleman, Trent um, Westford, that's in our show, he covers all the male ensemble, six male ensemble parts to just be able to step in at a moment's notice. They are definitely unsung heroes of the theater, especially in these times of COVID. Oh my God. Just incredible stuff. And, 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 and the challenge that uh, must be there. Have you played the Altria theater before in anything? No, I'm not actually. And it's very exciting to get to be at the Altria. I'm a Virginia native uh, myself. I was born in Norfolk and I grew up in Virginia beach and I lived in Richmond, 
for a year, uh, actually, um, I moved up here to work at Paramount's Kings Dominion. I'm sure you're familiar. Sure, uh, sure. I was in an ice show uh, there. I didn't skate, but I was sort of like a narrator MC. And then I lived, stayed here in Richmond, and I worked. There used to be a theater at the museum yep. uh, called Theater Virginia down in the, the fan district. And I did a show there, and I worked out at Dogwood Dell Amphitheater. I'm sure you oh know gosh. or aware yes. of that place. This was all in the early to mid-90s, so we're talking okay. like 94, 95-ish. Okay. Um, but I knew about the Altria even then, and so it's kind of a fun sort of return back to get to come back to my home state and what feels like a little bit of a adopted hometown, and to be at the Altria performing is is really fun turn of events. Oh, that that is so cool. Well, uh, I'm sure somebody else has said it before, but 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 welcome home. We're happy to have you back. Thank you. In Thank our you. beloved Commonwealth, it's uh, it's good to have you. And you can give a couple of hints to some of the other uh, uh, folks in this in the show and let them know where they should take a look at things. How is it being? I mean, are you guys who are the adults? I'm, I'm making those annoying air quotes, but you get what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of like the elder statesman. You've got these young performers, these young girls, these young ladies. I mean, like you said, 10, 12 years old. My gosh, uh, there's so much going on, and somehow you've got to give them some guidance as far as the, the stage, and you talked about the hot cocoa get-together. Uh, you're, you're doing more than just performing on, 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 the, uh, on the stage. Oh, sure. Yeah, those little, those little eyes and ears absorb and hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're, they're, quick to, uh, they're quick to let you know when we've misstepped and to put a, a quarter in the swear jar sometimes. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they, well, are, they, they, they really do keep us on our toes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song from Annie that just sort of says to you, yeah, that's the show that I'm in? You know, every night, uh, you know, as we discussed, I play the president. So I'm, I have to get sort of situated into my wheelchair there, stage left in the wing. Uh, once that sort of radio, once that sort of radio scene curtain flies up, uh, I have to be there and in place. So I get to see and watch those, the orphans do their never fully dressed without a smile number. And that's just something I, I watch every night. I've seen it over 300 sometimes now, and I never get tired of watching those little girls just get, give it their all and give it their, their everything and hearing the audience scream and clap for them is just so rewarding. Oh, I, I'm so happy to hear that. And I, and I hope they uh, understand just how much joy they're giving to people in the audience. They, 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 they get it too. And they, they're all developing, you know, their TikTok followers and their Instagram followers. <laughs> and they, they, they love making the content to put out there. And they, they just are, I, I think, most of them, a lot of them, is it's their very first sort of professional gig. Wow. So we do have some responsibility, I think, to kind of, um, you know, gu- as far as role models and yeah. guidance and how things work in a professional theater, there is a little bit of uh, a mantle put on to us adults to kind of, you know, lead by example. Yeah, well, I, 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 it sounds to me like uh, everybody who's part of this is, is certainly up to that. I'm, I'm hoping that people get down there. You're there until the 21st at the Altria uh, yep. the Theater. You go to com. You go to Broadway in Richmond. Uh, the, the tickets are there. And if you've been to the Altria, you know, there's really not a bad seat in the house. It's just a... Uh, uh, it is a wonderful venue. And, uh, Mark, I do have to ask you, uh, we were looking through the program, 
even the dog who plays Sandy has an understudy. Yes, yes. So Seamus, who is our our main Sandy, um, he does have a, a really adorable little understudy named Winnie. We just had actually a rehearsal with her yesterday. She's still learning the show. Um, okay. She's only about... 18 months old. The understudy is, is, she's still, you know, a little teenage puppy. Not even, I guess she's just becoming a teenager. Um, so, and she's just this littlest wee little thing. So she's kind of been paired up with our Annie understudy. So they rehearse together. And then our regular Annie, uh, Rainy Trevino, she works with Seamus. Um, so they each have kind of like their own designated doggy. Um, and little Winnie is just so cute getting her, watching her getting put through her paces. She lives for her, her treats. She doesn't settle for the hard, hard cookie treat. She has a special little chewy treat that she, she gets. She won't put up with Seamus's <laughs> low quality treats. <laughs> and, and, and have, have you Mark said to the, uh, to the director, look, if, if Seamus and Wendy, Winnie have got treats, you know, I'm doing two roles here, man. I, I need a little treat. <laughs> they're quick to they're quick to give us uh donuts occasionally okay. in the mornings and they okay. they um i do feel i do feel treated uh and and cared for when i do step into the role like i am tonight i love it well mark uh, number one congratulations on really a, a great cast your performance uh we saw you as fdr i just thought it was was outstanding it, it was thank you uh, it just it really hit us it really did and it reminded us as i said of so many great lines in that show and uh it, it just was wonderful and, and and the songs that we hadn't heard in a while the cast is fantastic and uh I just ma- I appreciate you making time today, especially you're, you're stepping into a Daddy Warbucks tonight, and you still were here, and it, it just means the world to me, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a variety of other things. I, I know your 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 resume is huge, so I, I know I'm going to see you again, and uh, I just appreciate you being here. I really do. And I appreciate being here with you, Jeff. And I I can't wait. Like you said, I can't wait to come back and revisit uh, Richmond again and, and play the Altry again. It's been a fun little sort of historical uh, nugget to discover. It certainly is. Mark, thank you, my friend. That is Mark Woodard. Mark is one of the stars of Annie, and uh, uh, generally speaking, his main role is FDR. He's the understudy for uh, Oliver Warbucks. That's uh, Daddy Warbucks' real name, by the way. You know, the in-crowd knows these sorts of things. But uh, he's he's going to be uh, Mr. Warbucks this evening. If you have not seen Annie at the Altria, you've got until January the 21st, just a couple more days, Great story when you think about it, right? This hopeful sort of outlook on things, how things are working out. There's great lines. There are great songs. It's a great time. So, again, AltriaTheater.com, Broadway in Richmond. Just Google it. Get down there and see it. It is 446, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Man, hey, Dapper Dan, you both got your style, but brother, you're never fully dressed without a smile. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Was, 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 was the mic on and everything? Oh, sorry about that. I was just sort of sitting here uh, reliving a, a little bit of Annie. It's a great, great cast. It really is wonderful show. Uh, I, I, I've got a note. I'm not going to share all the details, but, uh, you know, I have given advice over the years and made observations uh, about the unfair conduct of the legacy news media hacks. 
And I have given advice to friends. I've given advice to anybody who is uh, on my side of the aisle to say, you, it's just the way it is. And uh, I don't know what else to tell you, but no, uh, nobody in particular. I mean, I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to get into all of the details here, but no, not anybody in particular. This is, this is a common problem that we've got, unfortunately, in the Republican Party. We get beaten up consistently by the legacy news media. And we think that somehow, some way, it's going to change. And my word of advice, again, is it's not going to change. So what you need to do is just get over it. And, and, and the sooner that you get to the point where I am, where you understand that the leftists hate you, they hate what you speak for, they hate what you believe in, they hate you, then the sooner we're going to be able to do what we need to do, which is to go out and win elections and stop them from destroying our country. That's all. That's why I'm looking at this uh, primary now that continues with President Trump. Look, gang, President Trump's going to be the nominee. I I don't know if that makes you happy or sad or somewhere in between. And again, I don't care. I am so far past caring about things like that. We got to win. We absolutely positively have got to be on target with all of our campaigning. It is really as simple as that. It is the presidential race, and, and make no mistake, when President Trump wins, and he wins Virginia, what's going to happen? There's going to be the backlash. The Virginia Democrats are already working hard to undo all of the good things that Governor Glenn Youngkin has done. We have fewer good Republicans in the state Senate now. You know that. Our uh, friend, uh, my former state senator, Siobhan Donovan, Amanda Chase is no longer there advocating for people. Now, thankfully, John McGuire is over there, but now John's running for Congress. So, I mean, we, we, we got a long, tough road. Once again, either you believe that it is worth fighting to save this country, or you don't. If you don't, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some slack, but you got to get out of the way. Because we really do have a nation to save. That's what's at stake here. Make no mistake about that. All right, Dr. Keith Ablo is going to be with us at uh, 533. Uh, I, I do want him to talk a little bit about some of his fiction books, because he's, he's a great writer and... You need to get them. It's simple as that. Jeff Cads News Radio. Five oh four. Jeff Cads News Radio. WRVA. It is Friday Eve. I invite you, as always, be part of everything via the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line eight three three eight oh four eleven forty eight three three eight oh four. 1140. A lot of folks uh, reaching out again today say, hey, I, we, we heard part of the uh, the Tim Anderson discussion, and we would like to sign up to be a delegate for Tim Anderson. Uh, how do we do it? Tim4VA.com. T-I-M-F-O-R-V-A.com. Simple as that. Tim4VA.com. If you, uh, if you do sign up, now remember, 
According to Tim, every every county GOP operation is going to have a different system. But it is what it is. And then June the 1st out in Hampton is going to be this uh, convention where you'll have the opportunity to vote for uh, Tim Anderson to uh, be the Virginia Republican Party committee man. And I think it's uh, I, I think it's important. We we are a battleground state, despite what uh, people have said here and there. And oh, it's definitely blue. No, it's kind of purple. No, it's look. We've got some great stuff happening right now with Governor Glenn Youngkin, and we have absolutely bat crap crazy people now in the House of Delegates and the State Senate who are advocating policies that will destroy the Commonwealth. Thank God. For the next, what, two years, Governor Youngkin can veto this stuff. But this, my friends, is a sneak peek at what the plans are. If you believe that they're bad ideas now, think about how terrible they're going to be if there's an Abigail Spamberger sitting as the governor. She is not a moderate, she's not a bipartisan person. I mean, all of this stuff is such complete and total hogwash. She is a far left-wing person. And she will go along with all of the nonsense. Who do we have on our side? Well, Jason Miaris and Winston Sears are, are the folks who are leading, clearly, I think Jason Miyares has done an amazing job as Attorney General. I'm happy that he joins us on a regular basis. I'm thrilled with what Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears has accomplished. She'll be with us tomorrow. We've got two great candidates, as far as I'm concerned, on our side of the aisle. But before we get to that election, we've got to get through this presidential election. And the longer that the the Nikki Haley's, and, and I'm going to say it, the Ron DeSantis's, stay in this, the worse it is. If you want to have an honest appraisal of this upcoming general election, let me explain this to you. Donald Trump will need more resources than a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley because there's much more to go after him on and there are far more people, quite frankly, who hate him. So some of the resources that perhaps with a DeSantis or Haley at the top of the ticket, some of those resources would have been directed towards Senate and House races. Uh, More of that will need to go to the presidential race. I, I think that's just the way it is. And once again, I think it's just the way that it is. You can live in the real world or you cannot live in the real world. That choice is yours. I cannot, I will not tell you what you should or should not think. I can tell you how certain people operate. And as I've said for years, the legacy news media ranks are filled with leftists. They don't like you. They will not treat you fairly. And you have to decide how you handle that. Simple as that. I'll give you an example. The Baltimore Sun. Now, the Baltimore Sun has fallen on very, very hard times. Why? Because it's a rag. That's why. It is an ultra-left-wing rag. A rather wealthy person 
guy who heads up uh, Sinclair Media, who happens to be a committed conservative, has purchased the Baltimore Sun, and he has, as his goal, making it a respectable, profitable newspaper again. That's that's a heavy lift. I got news for you, because newspapers uh, have very much fallen into uh, a state of disrepair. And I don't know that you can rescue newspapers as they have existed. It has to become uh, a real, true, interactive, multimedia platform. And some places have done that. I, you, you're, you're with me, right? I was the first ever voice for Boston Herald Radio. I was a columnist for the Boston Herald, and then I did the, the morning show for Boston Herald Radio. And that's the way it has to go. So he might very well be able to leverage some of the resources of Sinclair Media and help out the Baltimore Sun and the, whatever resources there might be of the Baltimore Sun. I'm not sure they're, they're all that much left at this point. But do you know who's upset about it? Brian Steltler, Mr. Potato Head. Oh, my God. He's worked himself up into an absolute lather. Cut number two. So what's going to happen to it now? Well, Alex, I fear this is likely the end of the sun as a nonpartisan, widely trusted outlet. And there's going to have to be alternatives that pop up in its place, because when these sorts of right wing uh, backers of media talk, they talk in code. When they say fair, what they really mean is we think the press is too liberal. When they say balance, what they mean is we want the media to advance our political agenda, but cloak it in an all sides claim to balance. You know what I mean? It's that kind of code language that we're already hearing the new owner of the sun start to use (gasps) let let me see if you can understand my code shut up all right listen here's what i would say to you mr steltler you're a hack you are one of the the biggest examples of the bottom feeding left-wing slugs period I will let you know, Mr. Potato Head, there are no codes being used there. I'm not trying to couch it in polite terms. I'm just calling you out for who you are and what you are. I I hope you understand it. I I, I don't know. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but uh, I'm pretty sure that you do. Hey, don't we have uh, like a classic Vivek piece about um, um, the New York Times? Have we got that one, Jerm? Eight years. In 2019, Steve King said white nationalist, white super- According to who? New York Times. This was a direct- yeah, according to the New York Times, which he has challenged the existence of whether he actually ever said that to the New York Times. They have not produced one recording of it. And if anybody has pro- provided one other eyewitness account that verifies whatever it is, I'm just not one of these people that treats the New York Times as the Bible. I'm sorry. It's not. They've lied to us for years about everything from the pandemic that shut down this country for the last several years to each of the last two presidential elections from tech-suppressed information in the last one to what happened with the federal police state that tried to infiltrate Donald Trump's campaign in 2016 and stopped him from governing. To You could just go all the way back to the Iraq war to the truth about what happened with the basis for the bailouts. You can go back as far as you want to the front pages of the New York Times to, to tell you enough to be skeptical of what you read. I've gotten to know a man, and if what Steve King tells me versus what the front page of the New York Times tells me about what he actually said, I'll take Steve King's word over what some fake reporter has said without an iota of proof attached to it. Hmm. Yeah, well, same here. I want him as secretary of something. I, I, and I don't know exactly what it is that uh, he'll get, but he's got to get something, right? I mean, he really does. He's got to get some sort of role in a Trump administration. 
He's one of the few guys that I, I've ever seen, I've ever heard, that is just, God, he, he's just willing to step up right out front and say what he knows to be true. And make no mistake. Make no mistake. He's not backing down from anybody. He is not backing down from a single solitary person. And I know that it, it, it terrifies so many of those leftists, man. It does. Because they're seeing somebody who has been willing to fight. The problem that we've got, if you're a Republican as I am, we've got a lot of people on our side of the aisle who just want to, they all want to play nice. Well, okay, we're not going to win, but we'll, we'll lose nicely. Well, no. You play to win or don't play. And honest to goodness, if you don't have it in you to, to actually contest things, to do things that you need to do, they, they, they just get out of the way. Period. And if you do have this mindset, uh, and this is what Tim Anderson was talking about, this mindset that says, well, uh, Virginia is it, it's too far gone. It's definitely a, a blue state. Well, then you don't belong in the Republican Party either bizarre stuff don't you think hey dr keith ablo is going to be with us just about 20 minutes from now and uh, i do want him to talk about some of his works of fiction just because uh if you're like me you're looking for a good read i'm uh i'm rereading some of the uh jordan peterson stuff and i'm getting ready he's coming what is it i think it's may i think it's may he's going to be at the altria so i'm excited about that but i got a couple of other books i'm working on and every once in a while uh i just like to throw a nice piece of fiction into the mix, you know, where it's, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I, I can escape for a little bit. And uh, Keith Ablo, brilliant guy, uh, does a lot. As you know, he joins us, talks about political stuff and the analysis from uh, sort of a medical perspective of what's going on, but he's a great fiction writer as well. So he's going to be with us at uh, 533 tomorrow afternoon right out of the gate. We've got uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears who's going to join us. We'll talk about some of the insanity up there. Uh, in the uh, General Assembly. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., my buddy John Reed will be here. You don't want to miss any of it. It's 514, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Come on, Eddie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. Barney Miller, right the score. It's incredible. Hey, it's uh, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. I'm, I'm only slightly distracted. Uh, Dr. Keith Ablo is going to be with us in a couple of moments, and uh, I want us to talk a little bit about things that are not political. He's got, he's got such a great collection of fiction that he has written through the years, and, and I do want to talk a little bit about it, but I... I must confess that I am online as we speak looking at uh, GalaxyCon Richmond. Germ, are you aware of some of the people that are coming to town for uh, for GalaxyCon? It's, uh, what, 59 days away or something like that. And I, I'm looking at some of the actors and uh, some of them, if I may be uh, brutally honest, I have no idea who they are. And that's okay. I, I get it. I'm, I'm in a different age demo than some of these folks, but... I'm looking at Jesse Ventura's coming to town. Edward uh, James Almost is going to be here. Urkel's going to be here. Uh, Joey Lawrence. Ah, oh, I love Joey Lawrence. I really do. I, I just I love Corbin Burnson. 
Uh, let me see who else. Anthony Michael Hall. That's somebody that uh, I absolutely uh, remember and resonate with. Uh, who was the guy? Oh, there was one guy. Oh, yeah, Ron Perlman. Not going to be talking to him. He's a big-time leftist, but um, that's okay. I, I I don't need to chat with everybody. But we'll get you all the details, right, Jerm, as, as we move for- Oh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, just coming in here. Ric Flair is going to be at uh, GalaxyCon in Richmond. Woo! Oh, we'll definitely have to start calling in some favors to uh, to get some of these uh, great folks on. Who? Oh my goodness! All right, uh, Jeremy, you know what your uh, your duty is now. Just go to uh, galaxycon.com and look up the upcoming GalaxyCon for uh, Richmond and uh, start start working the phones. Will you start making some phone calls and let's uh, let's get some uh, some good people to join us. Uh speak- <laughs> speaking of good people are going to be joining us. Dr. Keith Ablo is going to be with us in just a couple of moments. I I really do look forward to chatting with him every time that uh, he is here, but uh, today I, I want us to focus. It's going to sound a little crazy, I know, but I want us to focus on something other than some of the political stuff. I, I looked as I was walking out the door today at some of the things that I'm reading. So as I mentioned, I'm rereading uh, a Dr. Jordan Peterson book at the moment, just to be reminded about the uh, you know twelve pretty simple lessons, pieces of advice. You know, make your bed. Look at the lobsters. To learn a little something from lobsters, will you? Lobsters have got a handle on stuff, and Dr. Peterson explains that. Uh, he's going to be here at the Altria Theater in uh, in May, and uh, fingers crossed, things working out, he should be with us prior to uh, him being at the Altria. So I'm I'm really excited uh, about that. But I also have got uh, another nonfiction book related to you know the speaking and coaching stuff that I do. It's actually from the uh, the National Speakers Association, and it's it's uh, a book that I. I haven't read this version of it, and so I'm really, really looking forward to that. And and Dr. Michael Brown, I swear to you, Dr. Brown writes books as fast as I read books, and he's going to be with us next week uh, all about one of his, uh, well, his newest books. So those are all good things, but in the midst of all of that, man, I'd love to slip in just a little a little bit of fiction, and uh, I'm going to prevail upon Dr. Keith Abler to do that for us. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., purely nonfiction, my friends. John Reed right here, News Radio WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Friday Eve, my friends, give up on Thursday. It, it sounds so d- d- finite. It just, uh, you know, Friday Eve uh, provides a little uh, a little bit of hope, uh, a little smile maybe. At, uh, the weekend is almost at hand. Now, tomorrow morning, just so we're all very clear, it could be really, really messy. We've got uh, the proverbial wintry mix moving in a little bit later tonight. It'll be with us right through the morning. Uh, it's not going to be all that warm tomorrow. 39 degrees is going to be the high. Uh, so uh, tomorrow may be messy. There may be school cancellations or delays or what have you. So please stay close. Make sure you're listening to my buddy John Reed first thing in the morning, Gary Hess, uh, to get the update on that. So I mentioned to you a couple of the things that I am reading 
at the moment. Uh, I'm rereading some of uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson's stuff, some some good lessons. Again, clean your room, learn a few things from lobsters. I mean, it, it, it's just great stuff, and it resonates. Uh, I've got another book I've worked into the mix from uh, NSA, National Speakers Association, about uh, proper management of uh, the speaking that I do, the business side of it. Uh, I am waiting for a delivery of the War of Art, which uh, Dr. Keith Ablo recommended to me last time. And I want to work a little fiction into it just to kind of take the edge off. And I'm, I'm going to prevail upon Keith to, uh, to give us a little bit of a, a goose on that front. Uh, Dr. Ablo, good afternoon, sir. Jeffrey Katz, how are you? I am doing well. You, you sound really good. Well, thanks. You know, um, it's warm in here. It's cold outside. I'm talking to one of my best friends, Jeff Katz. And uh, what could be better than that? I got hot coffee here. We're good. We are good. You you are very kind, and I appreciate that. Uh, I, I need you to give us some suggestions on your fiction. I know we talk about issues and analyzing the, the, the crazy people and the, the, the damage that they're doing, but... Uh, I want to work some fiction into it. I just want to take the edge off. A lot of people do. So, Keith, you're you're re-releasing your your works of fiction. I am. So there are six Frank Clevenger psychological thrillers. Clevenger is a smarter, uh, more troubled forensic psychiatrist than I, and he <laughs> has a knack. <laughs> he has a knack, as I do, for getting yep. into the minds of the criminally insane. And uh, in my fiction, uh, which is being re-released, started with Denial, Projection Will Come Soon, um, as the second in the series of six, uh, Clevenger takes on cases that would uh, challenge me too, um, but I have the fun of constructing very, very dark landscapes, very troubling landscapes. The interesting thing, and the reason I wrote these, is Clevenger always sees the light. He's never deterred from seeking the truth, not only about solving the crime, but then about the person committing the crimes to figure out why, why is the person doing this? Um, And that's always been a key for me. I don't think anything is inexplicable. Even the most horrific acts can be explained. Mm. Doesn't make them go away. But it satisfies something inside me and definitely inside Frank Clevenger to know the why. Why did this person do this? And that's what they're about. All right. Now, uh, there's some of us who have not read your fiction, Keith. And so you've painted a picture now. Uh, Where does the good uh, doctor practice and live and work and find all these cases? (laughs) You're you're good to ask, my friend. Um, So Frank Clevenger lives in Chelsea, Massachusetts. I did too for a time, uh-huh. and the reason I put him there, not is it's not just because I lived in Chelsea, Mass, but it's because Chelsea lives, I like to say, at the, at the edge of Flashpoint at all times. You know, it's a, a little city, two square miles. Yep. They translate the stuff that goes home from schools into 32 languages. Yep. Okay? It's caught fire twice and burned to the ground, the entire city, basically. Right. It lives yeah. near oh, Flashpoint yeah. at all times. So Clevenger is is that, too. He does, too. He's such a finely tuned instrument yep. that he might break down at any time. You have that sense about Dr. Frank Clevenger wow. that, man, 
he's able to resonate with such dark themes and yet beautiful commonalities between people. I wonder if he'll be able to make it through. And, and he has lots of crutches. He's addicted to things. He's, he's really a bit of a mess, but a beautiful mess. Oh, I love that idea. And uh, I have to thank you because you're, you, here you are, you're talking about Chelsea, and I've got about 16 different jokes where Chelsea is actually <laughs> the punchline, and you know many, and I can't share any of them on the air. Can I? <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, one thing I used to tell my wife when we were living in Chelsea is you don't have to worry about one thing. Nobody would invent this place. <laughs> It's not contrived. You don't have to worry that someone is scripting anything. It's a complete hodgepodge mess. And yeah. yet, there it is in the shadow of the Tobin Bridge arching into Boston. And yeah. I think you'll appreciate this. I used to sit in my office in Chelsea with Evan Geller, who was an 80-year-old lawyer. And it was his offices, but I rented one. And they had these big plate glass windows overlooking from Chelsea, looking at Boston. The shimmering skyline. And I ima imagined Frank Clevenger in a similar office. And Evan, one night, we were having a glass of wine, and he said, and to think they have to look at us. <laughs> <laughs> From the Boston skyscrapers looking over at Chelsea while we enjoy the view. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's a certain amount of self-awareness there, right? A certain degree of honesty. That, exactly. That is so funny. Dr. Keith Ablow is joining us, and Keith is just truly just one of the smartest uh, folks you're ever going to encounter. And and we all have a sense of your your analysis of, of issues and the uh, the mindset of people. How do you, with all of of that percolating in your head, how do you somehow sit yourself down and write fiction it just seems to me to be so different than much of what you do well you know what um, i'm a narrative thinker and so i like to say uh, i only have the one skill right i can kind of figure out if stories make sense right. and and that's helpful to people who are trying to make sense of their lives yep. um it can be helpful when you're trying to make sense of the world and mm -hmm. trying to understand well what's the real story here and I have this discomfort. It's a very, it, it, if I have any gift, it is this sense of being uncomfortable on the surface of things. Wow. And so when I'm writing fiction, it's the same. Because as Picasso said, all art is a lie that tells the truth. Wow. So if you create art, it yep. can't be wildly divorced from the truth it has to reflect core truths and and mysteries do that you can't create a compelling mystery or thriller when people read it and they're like eh, no <laughs> like <laughs> i don't believe that that's the murderer and i don't believe that's why they did it it has to be true even though it's fiction wow man I, I, and i I'm like excited. it it's like breathing for me wow it's it, it just well all right. All I can tell you is that I am absolutely uh, stoked about uh, the re-release of these things, and I'm so anxious uh, to read them. A, a specific order, what should we get first? You know, they can stand alone, but if you're going to be starting, you start with Denial, the first one, uh, and, and they're in order, and you go to Amazon, it, it'll list them in order. 
Um, and they'll come out in order in, in the, the new releases. Uh, okay. I designed the covers. I hope people like it. I mean, I, I gave advice to the designer. I can't draw or manipulate images to save my life. Now, but, wait a minute. I've uh, seen some of those big prescription uh, pieces of art. Well, you that's did true. But yeah. a cover of a book, I used this, this team called Black Vellum, uh, a veteran and his wife who are tremendously talented. And so um, the series is alive again. Start with Denial. Uh, if you stay up late at night because of me, forgive me. <laughs> right? Are, are, it's like there, you, you never know with my books. I wrote a book called Living the Truth that helps you get to the core of your truth. And all the wonderful reviews on Amazon, except for one. And it said, listen, I was happy. Uh, my <laughs> wife and I, I think, had a good marriage. We read this book. We're divorced. Oh. <laughs> I realize she's not for me. Oh, um, I'm changing my career, but it, uh, I'm now I'm short on cash. Oh. So you got to be careful. <laughs> Take these things just a teaspoon at a time. You broke them, Keith. My God, that's uh, wow. My favorite oh. review. Oh, that is absolutely hysterical. I mean, for us, probably not so much for him, but uh, for us just hearing the review. I want to ask you about one other thing. Now, it's not related to your books, but I read this article this week in the New York Post. And it yes. was talking about physical signs of psychopaths. Somebody has done uh, apparently a pretty legitimate study and analysis, and, and they said that psychopaths share a common physical trait, which is that their ring fingers are larger than their index fingers. So what do I do? Of course, I look at both of my hands, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, maybe I'm crazy after all. So, I mean, is there anything to this? I I I wonder if that will bear up under scrutiny. Okay. Uh, listen, if it's a peer-reviewed study, fair enough. That would be fascinating if finger length correlates with being a psychopath. But I'd re I would really wonder if it can be repeated in subsequent studies. Okay. I will tell you this about my own observations of the world: yeah. serial killers, other than John Wayne Gacy are thin as a rail. And if you think about it, you'll think the next time you see one arrested, other than John Wayne Gacy, uh, the clown, right? Um, they tend to be thin. And I think it's because they don't have enough lipids, right? The brain needs fat molecules yep. in order to remain at equilibrium. And I wonder whether there is some correlation because even the myth of Santa Claus does not work if Santa is thin and gaunt. That's right. It's like, we kind of know that. The Grinch is thin. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. All right. You got to be careful so when you diet, too, because if you lose too much weight too fast, you can get very depressed. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, let's see. God, so many hurdles in life. I, what, yeah. There are a lot. We're of talking them. crime. We're talking, gee. Yeah. And yet, so at the bottom of it all is love. And uh, that's the ultimate truth. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, the, the stuff ultimately comes back to these inspirational points. You've got them. So uh, I want people to go to KeithAblo.com, but I also want them to go to Amazon, right? Remind everybody what they're looking for on Amazon. You're so nice, Jeff. Go to Amazon, if you would. Put in Keith Ablo Denial. Okay. Up comes the new black cover with the um, smoky image on the cover. 
And I hope people love it. It would be a great gift to me if they do. And, uh, you know, these things take about a year to create. And then you just send them off into the world like a child and uh, see what they do. I love it. Well, I am looking at the cover right now. It looks great. I'm getting ready to put it in my uh, my Amazon basket. Keith, I always appreciate you being here. We'll talk again next week. Uh, you know, regards to Chelsea and Newburyport. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm, <laughs> Thanks, bro. Absolutely. Come use one of my Airbnbs anytime. It's free for you, and oh. uh, I'd love to see you. Or I'm coming down there to sit in the studio with you. Dude, either way, uh, 24 is the year that we get this done. Finally, we'll swap Commonwealths. That is Sounds uh, good. Doc- Dr. Keith Abloh, one of the best. Again, his book, uh, well, he's got a lot of books, but the one that's just been re-released, it's called Denial. It's a Frank Clevenger psychological thriller. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. New York Times best-selling author and a solid dude, Keith Abloh. It's Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. that song it, it, it is hopeful it is inspirational you know the message from uh from annie is uh it's a positive one it's a very positive one and there are such great lines i was talking about some of the zingers that were there i had forgotten man uh oliver warbucks is well, Daddy Warbucks, that's what people call him. But, but, but Oliver is, is is the guy's name. And, and the character, he's a very successful businessman. He's a Republican. And he he has some great lines about, quote, Democrats, because he's got to go and uh, get some stuff done with FDR. It's it, 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 There's so much in this play. But you know what's really odd? If Annie were a real person and uh, she were alive today, Annie would be about 100 years old. So even when Annie came out as a show, it was already set in the past. It was much more recent past, of course. So there are things there like the Hoovervilles and uh, it's just it's just so much there. And I'm telling you, it is a great cast. Uh, they do an amazing job. And if you are inclined, if you are a, uh, a theater goer regularly, you'll enjoy it. If you haven't been to the live theater in a while, great show to go. My only request, don't bring the six-year-old who doesn't want to be there. Look, I, I love the fact that there were, were people at uh, our performance where they were introducing their kids to theater. I think that's great. I think that's important. However... When your six-year-old really doesn't want to be there, they shouldn't be there, and you shouldn't have them there because it's just, uh, well, it's it's disruptive to the rest of us. All of right. All of that being said, tomorrow afternoon, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is going to join us. We'll talk about some of the absolute bat-crap craziness that is going on in the General Assembly. And uh, tomorrow morning, my buddy John Reed will be here. Gary Hess will be here. Make sure you're listening because the weather is going to get nasty in just a couple of hours. Be careful if you've got to go out. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRB. Adios and via con Dios. Going home.
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.